0: This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast channel. This is episode number 16. Turn away from the world. But first a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, and all I... do shall be consecrated to your service and your glory in Jesus name i pray immaculate heart of mary please pray for us sacred heart of jesus please pray for us amen now the reason i'm doing this particular episode and by the way this this episode is for everybody but it also includes Set of a because um, I, I listened to some Set of a podcasters, and this is also a thing. Um, I've covered this in a couple of other episodes. Um, I just feel it needs to be said again. Now, I want to make something perfectly clear. I realize, especially to the set of a contest, but just people who tune into this podcast in general are thinking, this guy's a self-righteous a-hole. He's not even a member of the church yet, and he deigns to lecture us. I want to make something perfectly clear. Don't get this twisted. This isn't about me. You know, if you bothered listening to more than one or two episodes and had listened to the bulk of my episodes, you would know on a daily basis, I tell people that, um, you know, this this isn't for my gratification. I don't enjoy, um... You know, I, I don't enjoy doing this to be quite honest. Um, if I had my preference, I, I would be more than happy to talk about this stuff I like talking about. You know, movies, books, what have you. I'm doing this for God. And because it says God teaches in, in the New Testament and the saints teach, that you can't give God ten percent; you got to give him a hundred percent. I'm doing this, and I have been guilty in the past of not being charitable toward my fellow human beings. Which, if you'd listen to more one or more uh, more than one or two of my episodes, you would realize, um. Um, I'm trying in my own limited fashion that to um to make up for that error. And for those of you who truly think that I'm an a-hole and I get my kicks off of goring your sacred cows. I'm just going to tell you flat out, nobody enjoys having their sacred cows gored. Nobody enjoys it. But I feel it needs to be done because I feel, and I'm not a prophet and I'm not a saint. I'm not claiming to be either in case I need to repeat it again. But I really feel like something's over the horizon coming. And because only God knows the day and the hour, you know, only he knows. So I'm not making, I'm not making a prophecy. I'm not making a prediction. I'm just telling you, I I feel uneasy and I feel like something bad is coming up. And in my own way, and once again, I'm. I'm gonna lay my cards on the table You know, quite frankly, it kind of irritates me that I have to do this, but we need to get the record straight. I don't view myself as a saint. I don't view myself as a prophet. I don't even view myself as holier than any of you. I'm my own worst critic and God is even harder on me than I am myself. And because I'm trying to be more pious and more devout, I get, well, Sometimes it's minutely reminders of just what a sorry, unprofitable individual I am. Okay. So no, this isn't an ego boost. No, I don't think I'm better than you, but I can't, I'm not going to uh, assume that anybody's listened to more than five of these episodes where I might not, you know. Because nobody's systematic and goes through it. They might have bopped from episode to episode. So in the episodes they heard, they might not have heard me talk about this. I do not feel better than anyone else. And I know I'm not better than anyone else. But as as I said in a previous episode anybody who's read the, the Old Testament and read the story of Balaam's ass Google it you'll probably be able to find it. God used or I should well God used the Holy Spirit to speak through a donkey to tell the pagan the pagan um, uh, the pagan wizard to stop what he was doing. Okay, if God and his Holy Spirit can use a donkey, he can use a sorry, um, burned out, washed out individual such as myself. Now, to get to my final point, and this isn't all, I'm just, I'm doing a little preamble here. To, to do a final point, if I didn't care, and once again, my care is not, well, I'll put it to you this way. I don't even love God as I should. Okay? So expecting perfect love from me, at least right now, I can't speak for the future, isn't going to happen. But I, I, I do care about your, the final destination of your souls. And I'm trying to tell you guys, you need to change. You need to change. Because, and by the way, let's just say, you know, whatever the, the disaster du jour of the moment happens to be, the three days of darkness, um, you know, uh the, the 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 powers that be send their storm troops into in neighborhoods and started arresting arresting the unvaccinated. Let's just say that doesn't happen tomorrow. You can't be presumptuous to think that you're going to have a tomorrow. You're living literally on borrowed time because God in His in His will decides. When you will die. Okay? So you could die tonight in your sleep. You could get run over by a bus tomorrow. Some crackhead could shoot you for your car. Okay? Because we are limited finite creatures, we don't know when we're going to die. That's why if you read the Catholic saints and spiritual writers they they urge you strongly to treat every day as if it is your last day on earth because it could be But it's easier to just presume oh that's ridiculous I'll I'll be alive I'll be alive <laughs> I'm begging you please don't be presumptuous because if you get caught in your sins, and you have to face your final judgment, and you're in your sins, I'm telling you, you're not going to like the inc- uh, the outcome. Now, that ends the preamble. Now. I realize we're all moderns. We've all been swimming in the same cultural waters. Some of us for 20 years, others for 50, some for 70. So we're all tainted by the modern, uh, the modernist, uh, the modernist uh, current that we swim in. And I, I know, I understand I've been there That's another thing too. Everything I talk about in these episodes, I'm either guilty of or have been guilty of in the past or I'm actively trying to get out of my life. I know it's easy because true Christianity has been driven underground and the Christianity that a lot of people is getting is basically secularist you know, it, it, it's basically secularism with a quote-unquote Christian facade. And I don't care if you're Protestant or Vatican II sect. That's what you're getting. You guys are being fed sugar flakes. Okay? It tastes good, and then you forget that you had them an hour after you leave the church, or quote-unquote church. I understand that it's 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 very easy to get caught up in politics in video games in in uh sports ball, you know, the football. Uh, by the way, the Super Bowl was just a couple of days ago. Don't ask me the score, I didn't pay attention. Don't care, don't want to know. Now for for a Protestant or a Vatican two person I understand, I really do, that they can't, they're not taught, you guys aren't taught, you guys are not taught that you're supposed to live outside of the cultural currents. As a matter of fact, if any of you guys are Protestant or Vatican II, you're probably listening to this and going, oh, this guy's insane. What's he talking about? I never heard this from the pulpit trust me it's true you're not supposed to live the way the culture lives you're not supposed you're you're born into this world but you're not to be a part of the culture you're supposed to be the counterculture so for the vatican too the protestants you know i understand i truly do but and I'm going to try to be as charitable about this as, as I possibly can be. I understand, I truly do, that some set of a contest, um, they're well, we're all modernists. So to a lesser degree than, say, the Vatican II or the Protestants, they're not as plugged in to the... To the cultural zeitgeist as it is, but they're still thinking in worldly terms. They're still thinking in worldly terms. Um, you know, when I hear set of a contest talk about oh video games, oh I talk to another set of a contest. And I'm saying what I said. I told him bluntly that when, when the Masonic satanic overlords of this planet started messing with American football, they did me a favor. When I, my eyes got opened about the political system is utterly corrupt and irreformable, they did me a favor. See, a lot of people, and by the way, I'm not claiming to be a deep thinker. I'm not. I'm not a philosopher. I'm just a guy who uses what we Americans uh, crassly call common sense. But I could recognize that when the satanic Masonic overlords started messing with people's hobbies, They meant it for evil You know They're they're literally trying to get you To drink their Kool-Aid Okay But God can turn it to good Instead of Instead of having the distractions That I always talk about You now can concentrate On getting holy and getting right With God They did you a favor You know Um, I'm not going to assume that, um, any one particular branch has heard this gospel expression, but Jesus said, any man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't think you need a doctorate in theology to figure out what he's talking about. My plain understanding of that gospel is, and I'm pretty sure it's backed up by other Catholic, you know Catholic doctors at the church, is that any man who still has his mind in the past is not worthy of God. okay? And it's just not your mind, it's your actions. If you're a drunk when you get baptized and you keep getting drunk, you're not a christian if you're sleeping with random women and not marrying one woman and staying with her you're not a christian by the way call me what you want i didn't say these things jesus did in the new testament you know instead of instead of uh being sentimental about video games or sports ball or cars or whatever, maybe, just maybe, you should read a couple pages of the New Testament a day and see what Jesus said. And then, you know, make the appropriate decisions. I always tell people, you know, you don't have to take my word for it. That's why I give resources. But at least, at least challenge your presumptions. At least challenge your worldview. You know, um, Father Bernard Utley, when he gave his talk on the spiritual life, he, he mentioned, and this was back in 2016, 2015, people were talking about the three days of darkness. Oh, quite frankly... Why are you going to worry about something that, A, you have no idea when it's going to happen, but B, because God himself is the author of time and space, it, if, if it comes, you know, I don't believe it's an actual uh, approved, um, uh, approved uh, prophecy, but let's just say it does come. God will bring it about in his own time. Okay, and if he does, wouldn't you... Okay, (laughs) sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Wouldn't you want to be in right with God? Because if the three days of darkness come, and I haven't looked into it because I don't worry about that sort of thing. I'm more worried about getting to heaven and trying to do what... God's will as I understand it, okay? So I, I don't worry, you know, because I. once again, we go back to God is, God's will covers everything. So I could die before the three days of darkness. So I might not have to live through it. And let's just say I do day, die before the three days of darkness. And I've got mortal sin that I haven't um, confessed to or made reparations for. Um, in that case, it wouldn't look good for me. We'll put it to you that way. But here's another thing. And by the way, this covers everybody within the the, the sounds of my speaking voice. Or I'm sorry. Within the sound of my speaking voice. Jesus said in the book of Matthew. Now, I know uh, even when I was a Protestant, I couldn't quote chapter and verse. But he says in the book of Matthew, he who would save his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake. Will gain it. Once Again. Um, A lot of this stuff, you know, I, I know that at least for the, uh, for the uh, Vatican II people, you know, they're constantly being told, oh, you, you, you can't, you, you gotta be a theologian to, you know, draw your own conclusions. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that you shouldn't read a Catholic commentary, but if your commentary I, I use the uh, Chandler version of the Dewey Rames, which does have notes. They're not anywhere near exhaustive. So sometimes you have to make your own decision. I'm not recommending it. I'm not saying it's correct. But let's just say you have the Chandler version. You come to a passage, you know, either call your priest if, if you can get a hold of them, or, you know, like I said, some of this stuff though is pretty common sense to coin an American um, slang. Um, basically, what he's saying is, if you're more concerned about life here and now, when you come before Jesus, you know, I, I'm not going to presume to know what's going to happen, but. Um, if he said in his New Testament that if you're more worried about saving, you know, your life here on earth than you are about serving God, you know, I don't know what to tell you. And he's also saying those of you who die for my sake will gain life, will get your life. Now, I'm not going to assume Everyone's listened to every one of my episodes. In one of my episodes, I say that there are two types of martyrdom, and this is backed up by the saints and spiritual writers. There is the actual martyrdom where you actually die for the faith. And then there's the martyrdom of dying to yourself. That means if, if you're, you know, um, um, if you're still pining away for the good old days, you know, um, where, you know, your favorite video game wasn't tainted or your favorite movies or TV shows weren't tainted, you know, um, there's, there's going to be issues there. Is all I'm going to say, okay. Um, and another thing too, I'm pushing I'm pushing 55. And I can I can tell you from experience, given the fact that pretty much up until last summer, I, I was as much in the world as anyone else. That the the Masonic, the Masonic satanic overlords have always been tampering with TV shows and movies. Back in the 70s, boomers used to complain about the liberal politics that was in their TV shows and movies. Okay? This isn't a 90s thing. This isn't an early 2000s thing. Okay? And, and back in the 50s, they actually had a group called Decency in TV. And one of the one of the things that Hollywood did and even even said Vacantis uh Catholics I don't think are aware of this not even American ones back back in the 1930s and 1920s I'm just gonna bore you with a little bit of my boomerism here basically from I want to say the turn of the century Probably around the 1920s, it was the wild, wild... You you remember when the internet was actually the wild, wild west? Well, Hollywood movies were the wild, wild west. They had nudity. They, you know... Because it was silent, they didn't have the cursing, but, you know, they had nudity. They had simulated sex. They They had obscene images. And basically... A lay Catholic organization, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it was, basically twisted Hollywood's arm to clean up its act. And up until, I want to say, the 1960s, right around the time of Vatican II, there are no coincidences in this life, children. There are no coincidences. Just the coming together of evil minds. Then they lost their power and influence. And that's when you saw a flood of obscenity and, and garbage, you know, from ho- coming out of Hollywood. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, Hollywood movies did try to press the envelope every now and again. But that Catholic organization was strong enough that the, uh, the, the studio owners didn't want to go toe to toe with those guys they knew they'd end up on the losing end. So what I'm saying is, the culture has always been rotten. Okay? The culture has... And by the way, there's a book written by a Catholic historian or maybe a doctor of the church. I'm, no, I'm not a doctor of the church. I think it's a Catholic historian that says the 13th century was the best century. And from a large picture point of view, he's absolutely right. Society Society was hierarchical. It was ordered. And everybody was striving to get, well, most people were striving to get to heaven. But even in that century, you still had prostitutes. You still had drunks. You still had robbers. You still had rapists. They just weren't as prevalent. And then, you know, things started going downhill with the Western schism in the 14th century until finally you had the Reformation in the 16th century. But I'm sure that you didn't Tune into this for a history lesson. What I'm always what I'm saying is, and I will never get tired of saying this, you're not to meant to enjoy your life here. You're not to form perf- um, permanent attachments here. Now I do realize, I do realize, you know, you have some of you um, have wives and children, and everybody has a parent. You know, and you are supposed to love them. I do realize this. But you're not to love them inordinately over God. You know, one of the podcasters I listen to talks about a Catholic crusader who was holding a castle and the Muslims had either his son or his father, you know, all bound up and said, Give over the castle or we'll kill your son or father. And he said, Go ahead. I'm not giving up this castle. We're talking about a son or father here. But they so loved God that they were willing to make that sacrifice. So. And by the way, that, that whole thing I was talking about, about you're not to enjoy life on earth. I mean, not at the expense of God. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you, you can't enjoy your meals or enjoy time with your kids. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're not to, to enjoy it over serving God. That's backed up. It's backed up by the saints. It's backed up by the doctors of the church. It's it, you know. All you know it, you can you can brush this off. You could say, oh, this is just some some uh, Looney Tune fanatic spouting off at the mouth. Well, you know, I if you you know, if you want to jump to that conclusion without checking out the facts, you know, um I'm not in charge of you, you do what you want. But it says that. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, and I don't care if you're Protestant, if you're Vatican II, or if you're Sedevacontas, those of you who think that there's a political solution to the problems of this, of earth right now, that you're just going to be allowed to set up your little community out in the boondocks and not be messed with, you're being presumptuous. And I'm going to tell you that flatly. You're being presumptuous. The devil does not like, does not like any pockets of real Christianity, wherever they may be. Why do you think we had the Western schism? Why do you think we had the Protestant revolt? Why do you think we had the French Revolution? So I'm going to tell you flat out, there is no political solution. Now, I'm not saying that if the goombas from the, uh, say, Masonic, uh, Masonic uh, satanic overlords come try to burst burst through your door that you shouldn't defend yourselves. I'm not saying that. Of course, by all means, but what I'm saying is there is no political solution to be had here. Now, you can write this off. You could say, well, the guy's uneducated. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I know more than he does. You write this off at your own peril because I'm I'm, going to tell you something and I'm going to say it as nice as I can. Um... The best thing that you can do is prepare for the worst. And when I say prepare for the worst, I'm not talking about building a bunker complex out in the mountains somewhere, you know, be it America, Europe, wherever. I'm talking about preparing yourself to meet your maker. Because we are all under God's will and nothing happens without his permission. And, you know, not that I should have to say this, but anyone who reads the book of Job, before Satan could even touch Job, he had, he had to basically ask God. He basically, oh, well, you know, uh, basically Job's doing well because you you're protecting him. Just remove your hedge of protection. He'll curse you. He had to ask God's permission. So everything that he's done up until now, you know he hasn't done it without God's permission okay um once again i get no joy out of this none um and you know i've already said what i said so if you want to think i'm i'm a crank or a nut or a loon or i'm you know, I'm I'm some uh, self righteous a hole. You know, I can't control how you react to what I say. I can only control what I say. And I know that my heart's in the right place. I'm trying. I'm I'm begging you guys, please take this seriously. Tonight may be your last night, and you don't even know it. Please guys, I beg you, please take this seriously. It's not a joke. There's a reason that Jesus talked about hell in the gospels. I think they said like 66 times or something. It's it's a lot, okay? There's a reason he talked about it. <sighs> so, that's all I got to say. If you got it to this point, um, once again, I'm going to thank you for listening. You didn't have to. And I do appreciate people who listen to my episodes, um, even if they don't agree with the content or don't agree with what I'm saying. Um, Thank you for listening. I'm praying for all of you. I'm I'm doing I'm doing my, the best I can to do God's will as I understand it and I hope I pray that God is using me. <laughs> I really do. But I am praying for you. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye.